to the Overshare Pamphlet. My name is Rob, and I'm the host of this one-man show. Today, we are in my living room because I've been cleaning um, plates and stuff like that, and I was like, you know what? I cannot be bothered to like set up in my room. I'll just, I'm, I'm already here. I might as well just do it. But yeah, I am very much um, happy with what's go- like, you know, recording here to be fair because I, I finished decorating my living room um and I'm honestly very happy at the way it came out very cute very cozy and yeah so today is a Sunday to let you know where I'm at and the episode is gonna come out tomorrow so um but my whole point of this episode today was to <clears throat> just roll with it you know what I mean I didn't make notes for the first time ever uh, for this episode like I never use I usually do make some notes for every single episode that I do, but this time around I was like too busy to be fair. And I also wanted to have like a bit of a reactionary chat with you with you guys. Um in a sense that the topic that I'm gonna talk about is more like my thoughts on certain events in pop culture, which is basically the Grammys and the Taylor Swift drama that's going around now. The change in public per, uh, public opinion a bit, um, and yeah, and then I want to just get also uh, the other reactionary part of the episode is going to be reacting to Taylor Swift's a new newly announced eleventh studio album, uh, the Torture Poets Apartment uh, tracklist. So I'm going to give my thoughts, also in general on the album, the way I think it's going to sound, the what I'm expecting from the album, what what's going on there, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, so I'm also leaving my window open, so if you hear any noise come, like, apart from, of course, me talking, which is a yapping noise all the fucking time, but <laughs> if you if you hear any other, like, uh, sort of sound, it's just because uh, I have my window open, yeah, but I, I thought it was going to be, like, a, a bit of a chill one, so, because it's, it's a Sunday, it's early in the morning, so hopefully I'll have a, a lot of, like, cute uh, ambient noises, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but... Yeah, also sipping on coffee. Um, I'm obsessed with this coffee. My friend from uh, my friend Erica, she um, made me try it for the first time at her place, and ever since then, I've been obsessed. It's uh, a Japanese drip coffee. It comes in like single bags, so it's just like so so good. Like it literally comes with its its own little um, like drip uh, thing. Like it's in a little sachet that you put over the. Um, the your mug and then you let what hot water drip through it so yeah japanese people know what they're doing you know like it's just such a um quick and easy way to have like a very nice coffee to be fair but yeah let's get into the track of the week first tracks of the week um i have quite um well, you know what? I'm going to uh, try and like stick it to like a few. I want to start off with The Fear by Lily Allen. Um, it's, I, I assume it's like the the content of the song is like satirical towards like becoming famous and like the um, the whole like becoming Hollywood star and all that shit. And um, but it's so funny because like the way I discovered it was through Slater on, on TikTok. Um, I didn't know the song before this. Uh, I mean, it, it took I think it is a quite um, quite a old song. So, but yeah, she, so I I think she took it like 
the interesting thing with Slater, I think I can see the perspective that she brought to it in the sense that she says like it's one of her favorite songs ever. The reason why she wanted to become a um, a singer and all that stuff because it is sort of like it can be interpreted actually in a serious way. Like she says like um, everything is fine as long as I'm, as long as I'm getting skinnier or something like that. And I think Slater took it to the core, and it's just like, yes, that's actually what I want to do for real, for real. It's not satire for me. It's like realness, you know? It's my truth. And I kind of love that. But yeah, go listen to The Fear by Lily Allen. Incredible, incredible piece of work. Um, Very, very, very cute, very poppy, very... Well, it's not actually very... It's like, it has a, like, um, I don't know, like a bit of a dark vibe to it, but um, very cool, very cool stuff. Um... Then I want to shout out La Noia by Angelina Mango. This is an Italian song that is currently, well, she just won the San Remo Festival. San Remo Festival is basically like a song contest like that we do nationally every year. Like the most prominent artists in, in the Italian music uh, music scene, they just compete for this like, um, I guess prestigious award. Like so they compete between themselves and the best song wins uh the prize and it, then the, the winner of this uh, festival gets to go to eurovision so all the eurovision people that you see from italy every year they are the winners of San Remo festival so they, there's first like they do the festival first and then they when they win they just go to uh, eurovision so yeah but anyways the point the point i'm making is this song incredible i knew i actually placed my bets on this girl even before she announced a song. I heard a song or anything else. As soon as I knew that she was running, I was like, she's going to win. There's no way she's not going to win. She's been popping off um, in Italy. She's very, like, very recent. She came off, like, uh, from a survival. Uh, <laughs> I was speaking, like, survival show as if it, uh, it's, like, a K-pop survival show. But it's literally, like, an Italian survival show <laughs> called Amici, which translates to France. I think she's from there. I don't fucking know. But either way... This summer she popped off with with a song and I, it was so catchy and then I got into her music a bit more and I was like, this girl is talented. She writes. She also has that southern um, flair to her. Like, um, she's very like, um, like I don't know. Her, her energy is like very southern. Like she's very uh, energetic and it's just and very uh, you know animated and it's just like so. So good to see, and she's also t- talented as fuck. And in my mind, she's the Tate McRae. Of <laughs> That's actually a leap, but she's the Tate McRae of the Italian music uh, industry. So, <laughs> actually, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a fair comparison. Actually, they don't even sound alike. But I don't know. What is that? That. But in my mind, I don't, I don't know. It's just the vibe, the vibe, the aura. But anyways, yeah, this song is very. Italian, I would say. Like, if you listen to it, you know, it's oh, okay, it's an Ita- very Italian song. Apart from the fact that she's singing in Italian, that doesn't matter, but just the sound. It's very Italian. It's very, but it's like very modern approach to it. I loved it. And it's, the lyrics are incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Please go listen to it. Find a translation as well. If you want on the lyrics, very cool, very cool stuff. She is incredible. Um, Yeah, so that's one song another song then i want to shout out a song that pam my friend pam uh, recommended to me it's called austin by dasha don't know anything about artists don't know anything about anything that she does my friend just sent it to me pam she was like look you might like this song please listen to it it's a very country heavy song but like um like an energetic country song like a very 
um, high tempo uh, type of um, track. Very beautiful, very slay. I loved it. It's just the the way she sings. It's so good, and it's just I I love a good old country song. You know, like I love that. My friend knows me, and she like Pam. She's my bestie for a reason. She knows that I enjoy these songs, and she was put on. So she yeah. Austin has been a repeat. Please go listen to it if you want to have a very um, country vibe. And I, I assume that she's young. She sounds young to me, but. I'm so excited to see like younger artists doing uh, country because I think it's a genre that has been left in the past by younger generations and we need to like, like you know, bring it back. I think um, Lana Ray is doing um, country album. At least she, that, that's what she said. Um, we can never hold her accountable because she changes her mind so quickly all the time. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for new country music this year. This year is, sounds to be like um, it sounds like it's going to be like a crazy, crazy year for music. Like so many people are coming back. We're still like so. We have Taylor Swift. We have Lana Ray. We have possibly Lord, possibly Billie Eilish, possibly Lady Gaga. We have Ariana Grande in, in March. Like girls are coming back to slay. Honestly, I'm so happy. Possibly a weekend. I'm excited for that. I'm waiting for Bruno Mars, man. Where the fuck is Bruno Mars? Mars. I need. I need Bruno Mars right now. Like he needs to get it together and give us an album. He's been going around, like, doing uh, concerts and all that stuff, but we don't care. We want new music. I mean, we, I do care. If he, can, he came around again to London, I would I would go, but I don't fucking care. I need new music. I need new music from Bruno Mars. Please, 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 please. I'm begging. I'm on my fucking knees. I'm on my knees. Please. Anyways, that's another track. Um, then, I want to also shout out Let's see. Actually, I'm going to shout out in general, Shuffle Rowan. She is... I've listened to her songs, like, quite a lot, like, in general. And I love Red Wine Supernova and Super Graphic... What was it? Ultra Modern Girl. Those songs are so funny. To me, the way I would describe it, to, to, I want to pitch it to you guys like this. She is ABBA, but if they were queer... Well, I mean, ABBA, queer people love ABBA, but she's queer ABBA, you know what I mean? She's like, she, she's queer, queer, queer ABBA. Like, the, the, it, she makes some, some, some of the songs she makes, they do sound like ABBA music, but modernized and a bit more like, um, I guess, like, up to speed in that sense. Like, there, uh, like, there's some, like, some stuff that it just reminds me of uh, ABBA specifically. Um, I would like, uh, Hot To Go probably is the most ABBA coded song that she made it's just so fucking good so fucking good so yeah Shabba Rowan incredible girl go listen to her beautiful voice also can I just say very unique voice very um unique stuff why the fuck am I getting some weird likes on Instagram I've been receiving likes from some weird people that are usually I get likes from like porn bots as well <laughs> but this time around I'm getting likes from people who are Verified, but are like I don't know. Not even. I don't know. What was it for? For example, this person is crazy. What is this? Yeah, she is a travel content creator with thirty-seven k followers, who liked my picture, uh, my Instagram post. By the way, go check it out. Go, <laughs> go, go check out my Instagram. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> putting the plug right now, but. Yeah, I just made a post with the stuff that I um, cooked yesterday for my friends. I cooked a lot of food, but 
um, yeah, <laughs> this random travel blogger just liked my post. I was like, well, who the fuck are you? Love you. Thank you for the like. Follow me, please. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was saying. Um, yeah, songs of the week. Sorry, I'm almost done. Um, I think. Oh yeah, I'm, when I'm, I'm gonna put it in the, in the, of course, in the usual playlist that I have for the month of February, for the overshare pamphlet. But I think I'm gonna put. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. Like maybe I'm gonna do super graphic ultra modern girl. That's that song sounds. Like it could fit on the on the playlist, honestly. That is crazy. It's crazy good. And then also I want to shout out lastly, lastly, very lastly, um, Woods. Which I think actually in Korean is Wooji. Wooji or something. Wooji. It has to be Wooji. Because I think it's Woods, but like D and Z in, is G. And then Wu is like Wooji. So I think it must be that in, in Korean. But anyways, it doesn't matter. So Wooji is like... Um, I guess like it dab like it dips and dabbles in like a lot of uh, different genres. Like this song, Amnesia, is called. It's a bit rock, but also a bit um, like R and B. Like it, it, usually, sometimes it does like a lot of cool R and B songs. But yeah, um, go check it out. Incredible, incredible song. Um, I love Woody. Like it used to be um, in um, a K-pop group that I followed, and then of course it was like a temporary one and it disbanded. But yeah, found him through another survival show. There you go, survival show again, a Korean one. <laughs> but he's so fucking talented. He's a um, crazy talented person. So I would check him out. Like any sort of song that he makes is just pure gold. So go listen to him right now. Yeah. So that those are the songs. They're gonna be, as I said, in my playlist. Uh, I'll make sure to put them on. Uh, on there and yeah um we're gonna get into the the topic so <clears throat> for the first part oh well, um, since i didn't make any notes please don't mind me if i just search very quickly the um list of winners so we can go through that a bit and i can get linked to what to like some reactions that i have to um the events of the night has just laid out the the reactions and all that the most outstanding moments I guess from that. Uh, so, Grammys. Oh, they do have. I, I suppose they have it on their page, right? I really hope so, cause then I want to need to go to like, so many websites, and I don't fucking like that personally. But yeah, I have thoughts. I have thoughts on the winners on the. Um speeches and everyone else and everyone else's opinion on what's going on and all that stuff is very messy this year has been surprisingly messier than i um than i predicted to be fair i thought it was going to be quite bland to be fair this year like in terms of drama and all that stuff but yeah so here's a list of the winners i think as usual we're gonna start off with the um with the usual ones, like the the, the main category, I think I'm just gonna go through the, through the main categories and um, and see how it goes. So, what the fuck? Oh, there it is. It always takes so long with this website. I don't know what the fuck is up with that. No, bitch. Okay, so um, I guess I want to start off with the um, album of the year, or maybe not. Maybe maybe I do maybe I do want to start with album of the year. Actually no, let me let me start off because that would be too messy of me, because I have to get in 
okay, let's go record of the year first, right? Maybe it's easier. Record of the year, as, as I said, uh, my prediction was, um, I think I said, what was it, made for or vampire or something like that? Yeah, probably, yeah, probably, actually, I think I said a vampire in my, in my, rea in my predictions. That or Kill Bill, I think I said, yeah. But the winner was, of course, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Now, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, I think personally that this this win uh, this win was um, like a career award more than anything else because Miley has been in the industry for so, 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 so long, ever since she was like a little child. But out of all of her tracks, all of her songs... This song wins. Flowers is a cute, cute song. Cute, catchy. Sure, cannot deny that. But the award specifically would be for the artists and to produ producers and recording engineers and all that stuff, right? Now, tell me how this song is like so complex or so like innovative and all that stuff. It's not. And how was it that big of a song either? It just literally had like a little bit of a flourish. Um, was it during the summer, or even even pr probably like even slightly before that? I, I can't remember exactly when it came out, but I do remember it was, like, it definitely was viral in a way a bit, but it wasn't that huge of a hit. I mean, it stayed on the on the charts for so long, but people may say she had payola, you know, she had, she, she had a lot of payola in that sense, because it's the only song that literally stayed there for so long, and everything else from her album, the album did very low sales compared to, like, other big artists. So, yeah, some people may say that payola was behind, um, her success, but I don't know. I mean, I like Miley. I think this album was um, a bit of a miss for me. I preferred like uh, Plastic Cars. Like the way she, what she did on the other album was very in character for her and very well executed. But this album was just boring. <laughs> Damn, I'm like so harsh. <laughs> it's just boring, bitch. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. But I didn't. I don't think it deserved to win record of the year. I, as I said, I, I thought either Vampire or and uh, or Kill Bill should have won the song. Uh, sorry, uh, record of the year. In terms of production and everything else, like I think those two are the most interesting tracks of the year. Like from the ones that have been nominated, of course, there were so many plenty, like more deserving ones, of course. But yeah. But anyways. Um, also, yeah, her acceptance speech. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy that she won two Grammys for the first time ever in her career. Over long overdue, I guess. I don't know. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Miley makes songs that are. Actually, you know what? Like, she does make hits, I guess, sometimes. But her career is like so on and off that I don't know if she's like committed to the craft necessarily. I, whenever I think of Miley, I don't think of an artist. You know, like she's dedicated to the art and to the excellence of her work but more like you know a, gr a very interesting voice and very um captivating performer in, in that sense and that's it but anyways she's uh she she got that she got that her acceptance speech was um crazy the memes that came out of that she's um she <laughs> i don't know if you know that <laughs> that meme of her with like uh, i think it was a red carpet yeah with she, had, she has a, like her blue eyes wide open like bloodshot open and it's just like <laughs> and now she has the same one but with a buccal fat removal uh crazy ass air and it's just like it's the rebirth of the same meme and it was just so funny i have to say though that her like when she performed and like her outfit was just very very good i like the the execution of that that i have to say like it's a very cool one but yeah 
And then she said she didn't have any panties on. It's like, uh, okay. And what about it? You know what I mean? Like, duh. <laughs> You're my Cyrus. Period. <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah. Um, kudos to her. Kudos to her. Um, yeah, I guess we have to get into album of the year. Album of the year. I said that I didn't want... Well, I actually wanted either Lana or... Um, what did I say? Lana or SOS, I think I said, yeah. Lana or SOS, uh, or, wow. Lana with uh, Ocean Boulevard or SZA with SOS to, to win the album of the year. And I also said that I didn't want Midnight's to win because I don't think it was her best album or the best album of the year at all. And I think, I, I can't remember if I said it or not, but I'm going to repeat myself again. I also think that I didn't want her to, I, I don't think I did say it, this part as well because I wanted to avoid drama until it's like, the announcement but of course midnight one and exactly what i predicted would happen happened which is that she got some sort of backlash of course as they usually do whenever someone is picked by the the grammys um they, there's always some sort of like backlash but i think i my main reasoning apart from like not really like, apart from like thinking that Midnight is like an okay album, um, not of a great the greatest album that she made, but um, I think the main problem that I had was that if she won, she was gonna be, um, people were gonna get sick of her, like they're gonna get they're gonna switch up on her, because and and, and this is like sort of, sort of what's happening right now, so I'm gonna get into that as well, but um, it's a bit this and also their acceptance speech she did for uh, Pope Vocal Album of the Year that midnight's one again um but yeah um i think that she was getting so close to getting you know like overexposed i mean she did i think she did get overexposed a bit um and i really didn't want it to win because i uh, i think that this further um like attention i guess brought to her would um make people go a bit mad especially when like she's really killing it she, she's already having it all and all that stuff people were not gonna be happy with her taking a win away from other big artists that probably deserved to be awarded this year more than her so yeah unfortunately this happened i would i would have loved to see lana win i would have loved to see sisa win to be fair actually if i have to be completely honest I would have had Lana win some Grammys, but not maybe not album, necessarily Album of the Year. I would have been fine with that, but I would have wanted SZA to win Album of the Year because the SOS album was tru like truly like transform transformative for her career. I think in general, like she's always gonna she's she was always been successful, but SZA deserved an accolade for the change that she brought with the album, like her artistic evolution and the way that, apart from the success itself but just the length of the album and you not even like it was like 23 songs but it's just like an album that was so creative and so like beautiful and diverse and very like you know experimental for her own standards so i i think she really deserved it and she created some great great tracks so many hits incredible incredible album deserved it but yeah but midnight's one and um I think it was with this one specifically that she brought Lana the Ray up with her, which, knowing my girl Tater, I know what she was doing. I know she was she was trying to like, um, 
because they're they're very close friends. They're very close. They came to the to the Grammys together this this year. They were sitting next to each other. They just stick together like for the entire night. Um, and forever to be fair, like they're 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 best friends. They're like they're friend. They're really close close friends. Um, also, Lana's been a major uh, influence on her music. Cannot deny that she's also credit. She's she has credit her even like during the acceptance speech. Like she did say that she's one of the greatest influences in 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 her you know in like artistic evolution. But anyways, she brought her on stage because I think she like in my opinion she wanted to like pay homage to her. Like she she low key deserved uh, thought that Lana deserved to win, which I understand totally there, and. But she didn't want to necessarily say anything. And I know sometimes it's cliche because it happened already so many times that, for example, um, Billy won when she won album of the year. She was like, Ariana deserved it and all that stuff. And But people get frustrated either way. Like if you if you like go for a speech and you say like someone else deserved it, people are going to start moaning saying like, oh, you're so ungrateful or like you're just uh, fishing for compliments or it's just too much. It's your award. Please talk about yourself. And then if you just talk about yourself you just are, become selfish and um, ungrateful and all that stuff. And you think you're better than everyone else. So that, you couldn't escape that, I think, in general. But I think the problem was that she brought her on stage. And, yeah. Um, of course, people went to, went went into a spiral and started like saying that she's, uh, she, I don't know, she literally uh, was humiliating her and all that stuff. So, um I think that was blown out of proportion, definitely. I can see where people may come from. Like, it, it, it could look bad in that sense. But also, y'all need to, y'all need to chill. Like, you know, y'all need to chill. Like, stop uh, pretending to know what the other person is going through. Like, you, you don't know these people. You know what, like, it's their dynamic. It's a, a friend, uh, it's like two friends doing that and all that stuff. You don't know how Lana feels about it. You don't know how Taylor feels about it and all that stuff. Yes. Could she have avoided that? Yes, definitely. I would have. I, I would have personally avoided that. I wouldn't have brought her up stage. I wouldn't have done that because merely for the fact that it could have looked really bad and it did look bad. But I mean, y'all are over overreaching saying that she's she brought her up stage just to humiliate humiliate her and made her feel like small and all that stuff. It's like ugh, you're not like doing too much, honestly. Like, come on, take a break, breathe. They went up stage. It was fine. Whatever. They just won an award. Like, come on. It's just too overblown of a reaction, in my opinion. But yeah, the acceptance speech was um, for that one was cute as well. Didn't really mind that. I think, truthfully, like as I said, the album didn't deserve to win in that sense per se. But I, yeah, um, people are now switching up because they think that she doesn't deserve it and that um, like she's just too weird of a person she's just too um uh like like she uh, the, the this has been a conversation that's always been had but like we always had with uh, taylor she always receives criticism for like pretending to be too surprised for what she actually received and all that stuff y'all are like just um over like uh, overreacting about every small detail to be fair like I've, I've seen some people saying like, oh my gosh, she knew she was going to win. Why she, was she overreacting? This comment of, uh, has been like said about her so many fucking times in her career. It's just stupid at this point. I mean, yes, they all, we all know that the Grammys are not the most genuine thing ever. First of all, y'all are putting too much emphasis on the Grammys. I get it. It's a fun moment for the culture. 
and that's why I'm also covering it. But at the end of the day, if your art artist didn't win, like your favorite one didn't win, so be it. I mean, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. Like so many people boycott the art, the Grammys and they do just fine. Like look at the weekend, look at Drake. They boycott the Grammys. They never get nominated because they boycott it and all that. And they're still killing it on the charts and still getting a lot of money. So I wouldn't get too pressed about these things. Y'all are like literally treating it as a, as a life or death situation. Like, come on, be for fucking real. Like, and if anything, I think these conversations prove that you still love your artists anyways. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if they don't win a Grammy. Like the culture still loves Lana, for example, for not, even if she doesn't win. Like she doesn't, she doesn't need to win a Grammy. You know what I mean? That's, Nicki Minaj never won a, a Grammy. She doesn't need to win a Grammy for what she did in the past. That's fine. Like, they're great artists. They don't need, they don't need the accolades. They don't need them. They, if anything, the Grammys need them. And I think it's also partially why they they decided to go with Taylor Swift uh, uh, to to give her the, the album of the year. I think the marketing strategy for for from Taylor's uh, camp was actually very smart. Like when she when she submitted the um, the the songs and the albums uh, and, the, and the album uh, for the Grammys for uh, the submission for the nominations, she didn't submit like everybody else some outtakes from like for some pictures and some outtakes from um, the album, but she took outtakes from her tour, so you can get a sense of what what she's go she was going for. She was she was uh, gonna get awarded not for the album itself, but for the the Eras tour and like the incredible year that she's had. So it wasn't. And I, um, I under like from her side, very smart. I think she played it so well, very smart and savvy businesswoman as she as she should be. So I really commend her for that. Like she played them really well, honestly. But you know what I mean. Like in that way, it made her. It made it seem like she had to be um, celebrated and awarded because of the massive success that she's had this year, so uh, this past year. So um, yeah, she played it. She played it smart. So I think the Grammys like awarded her mostly for the success in itself that she had more than anything else. So, yeah, uh, like in terms of the era tour and everything else, um, the Taylor Mania and all, all that. So, yeah, um, that's why I think like she won specifically the album. I don't think the Grammys would have given it to her if it wasn't for the, for the incredible success of the tour and the obsession that people now have with her. Well, they've always had, but this year has been, this past year has been blown out of proportion completely like it's massive like it's gigantic but anyways she also won as i said pop vocal album of the year and she announced on the stage when she was accepting the the award the that her she was going to record uh, she was going to release a new album 11th studio album called the torture poets department on the uh, 19th of april um and people got an issue with that because she uh used the basically the Grammys platform to just um announce her new um album and some of the reactions were granted i think people were saying like oh this is a an award show for celebrities and you go there and just brag about your your things and like it's my 13th grammy and all that stuff and i get it i understand i understand what you guys are coming from it does seem sometimes condescending and all that stuff and um but also i don't think you can deny the success in that sense you know what i mean she wasn't also taylor uh it's a, it's a bit of a complicated situation i think 
I understand. She it, it could have come. It doesn't. It definitely comes uh, across as um, a bit of a pretentious uh, thing to say and like to use a platform to just brag uh, in front of your peers. But I don't think she said anything too braggadocious in that sense. Like she didn't go that hard. She just said, "Yeah." Oh, she did say like it's her thirteenth Grammy. But from people who don't know her that well. 13 is her favorite number. There was a reason for that. I mean, she could have explained it a bit better, definitely, definitely. Maybe made it seem less of a pretentious move in that sense. But 13 is her favorite number. There is In the fandom, there is this whole thing about the 13 uh, being like a, an Easter egg and all that stuff. And it's just like a very special number for her whenever there's like some reoccurrence like that. She just treats fan for that reason. Like if there is anything that is special to her in that sense when it comes to coincidences and all that stuff or winning an award that has some significance to her she does like to treat fans with um a little a little surprise so i do agree that maybe she shouldn't have done it um at the grammys should have done it at the tour for example but also i want to bring a bit more of a nuance to this um i think you need, you also need to like look at this from a business uh perspective in that sense taylor is probably pioneering a very interesting um marketing um machine in that sense she's always ha- like she's always doing this like these um like interesting moves when it comes to her marketing and all that stuff which i really love that's also why i like i like to follow her a lot because she has she's very um like successful in what she does because of her marketing strategies as well it, everything is now turning into like um in-house sort of like uh production in that sense yes the marketing has always been handled by her parents specifically but she's like up until i would say right i think right before folklore and evermore she well to be fair even with um no, actually, Lover, she did go around, yeah. So, uh, up until Lover, she used to really go to, like, um, talk shows and promote her album and, like, you know, go through all the usual um, steps that a pop, uh, a pop star does, like, to, uh, to promote the album and, like, spread it around. Ever since Folklore and Evermore, when, when she just dropped the albums out of nowhere, she realized that she doesn't actually need to spend money on advertisements and all that stuff. Like, she doesn't need to go through all this PR um, process of it all because she's that big already and she can actually produce engagement with her art and with her um, craft by herself. Like, she doesn't need all these extra stuff that maybe other artists need because they're, like, upcoming and all this stuff. She realized quickly that, basically, that she can use these moments or, like, any sort of, like, um, televised moment to just promote herself with one single you know um little speech or like whatever just a little announcement online and everyone will still buy her music you know what i mean like she understands her tools she understands her power in that sense and she uses it in the most effective way in my opinion that's that's how i see it like she knew that since everyone was tuned in apart from celebrities and apart from everything else that she um that she could use the Grammys and, and as a perfect like launch point to announce another album. And also you as you can see from this rollout, it's not gonna be 
publicized that much. Like she just dropped the info, then dropped the track list. Way different also from Midnight's that where she like had a slow drag and released like one title of of each song like every week or something. So she's experimenting all the time with every single release with different marketing strategies, and they sure are successful, man. You cannot deny that. And she's been she's been successful. She's been there. She's been awarded for all these things as well. You know what I mean? I know that the Grammys are supposed to be about the excellence in music. That's why I, oh, I mean, I said it even like <laughs> in my predictions that I didn't want the album to win uh, because of the artistic side of it all. But I don't care. I also think personally that Midnight was um, a very strategic album when it comes to everything else that happened in the year last year. So she, I think she, it was a, an album that she dropped just to build hype for the um, tour itself. The tour is, was going to be the moment. As you can see also from, as I said, like the way she submitted Midnight's to the Grammys. She used uh, she she dropped like she she like produced this album like she put out this album just to build hype, and she didn't really care about the artistic component. That's why I thought I also think that he shouldn't have won album of the year for the same reason because it wasn't a very artistically motivated album, unlike some of the other albums that she had where she won rightfully so. Like she won the other three Grammys that she won before were for Fearless, 1999, and Folklore, and I think personally all those albums deserved. A win. Uh, Fearless, outstanding country album, merging with pop and bringing, like, you know, pop country to the forefront in popular, in popular culture. She did a lot of that, and especially from a teenage girl perspective, incredible work. Then it was 1989, perfect pop, mo- pop moment, an incredible, like, shift from pure country to pop. Like, she went full pop, and she managed to, like, completely obliterate the competition which is incredible and then also yeah uh, folklore was uh, an incredible genre shift as well from her she went to folk music and she did it during the pandemic dropped a very artistic uh album with no like um how to say like no motivation for um for the money in that sense you know what i mean so those three albums i think they're topical and like they're they're completely valid and they're more than worthy to win midnight's i think it was just um i don't want to call it a cash grab but it was a an instrument like a tool to get hype and get you know an even more she wanted to go back to her pop roots and to like just dominate once more and she did she managed to do it successfully man you cannot deny that and you have to understand that taylor swift is very um how to say like very she's a I don't. She's like an alpha predator, basically, in the music industry. She is. She's been so successful because she's so always on the move. She's always. She's obsessed with of like trying to dominate the music and do do better and like be acclaimed and all that stuff. That's her main motivation and that's the drive that brings her to do even greater things. And I'm actually very excited about this new album coming out because I think this other album is going to be more on the artistic side instead, like more on the art and on the songwriting and all of that like this is the actual album that we were like the two two year cycle album that we were waiting for like this is the one that has been you know th- uh well thought over and all that stuff like it's, it's been uh you know planned pretty well you know what i mean so yeah but um yeah people were saying that she's just pretentious for like just spinning 
using like uh you know the grammys for all that but honestly i understand it i, I understand that she, she could have phrased it differently she could have done a bit better but you know what i mean like I, it's just it's just how it is you know it happens sometimes uh, we do like some slip-ups in that sense you could have, we could have worded things differently she's human she deserves to be just left alone y'all are putting her under like uh, a literal fucking microscope for no reason i do want to point out though however that as i said before that she has been so like er like basically put everywhere in that sense she's been so like on their spotlight for so for such a long time and for for every single little reason that i knew people were going to start getting sick of her eventually again i don't think we're going to be at the same level as what happened in 2016 with the um like kim and kanye situation all that stuff that people were looking for an excuse to cancel her all that stuff uh but because also can cancel uh, the cancel culture mania all that stuff is over like there's no um it's not a thing anymore in our culture ever since then um, but I do, I do see on TikTok a lot of people switching sides and like, uh, all that stuff. But to me, it was, um, inevitable in a way, like this highway that she's, she was, she's been riding for more than a year had to like, had to be put on a hold eventually. I think she personally, I think she should have, um, like, yeah, maybe she should have attended. She shouldn't have won, but I think she, maybe she should have attended, but she shouldn't have been so prominent i mean she took a little break in between 1999 from december until now but um yeah i think because of the fact that she's still she's still touring she couldn't have disappeared so people are now getting too sick of her in that sense like she's too overexposed and like it's it's looking rough in that sense but i think as i said like it's inevitable in a way like because of the amount of um like media coverage she's been receiving even where, wherever she goes basically like whatever she's at cameras are on, on her and like doesn't matter like who else is with her she's gonna mog she's gonna mog she's gonna be mogging you guys so inevitable but also i don't i don't really care because the reason she became so like she had an explosive year is because she managed to like recapture the attention of the entire public not only her fans her fandom is huge of course like that's why she she gets a lot of sales and all that stuff but I think with Midnight's, she managed to like recapture the entire, and also like the re-recordings to recapture the entire, um, uh, you know, public uh, attention, you know. But yeah, that's what usually happens. Like, yeah, the public is there one day, and they're gonna turn their backs to like to, um, you know, they're not gonna be there forever. So I don't really care. I'm here for the music personally, so I'm very excited to see what what she does next. Um, and Lana, I'm very sad that she didn't win. I think she deserved at least some form of, um, you know, award in even other categories, for example. I don't know. Like she deserves something, but, um, oh, well, it is, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's put out a lot of music and she's been an inspiration for so many people that it's kind of ridiculous that she like still has not been, um, acclaimed by her peers in that sense. Cause the Grammys are voted by your, by peers, basically by other, um, ex-artists and that sense and all that stuff but yeah it is what it is i mean she's still she's still so, so successful like she's doing so so many good things lana is just not stopping as well she's just like producing music and like going on and on with her uh, artistic excellence so i don't really care i'm like as long as i'm still receiving music from both of them both taylor and lana i'm good honestly y'all can switch sides 
think whatever it's okay i mean i as i said multiple times i don't really care about personalities at all to be fair when it comes to music i like what i like i like the music i like um if something is good i'm gonna listen to it so and i know for with them that i can get what i want pretty consistently so i'm just excited for them to like keep on growing as artists the grammys at the end of the day is just pointless at the end of the day. it doesn't really matter but yeah that's my two cents on the Taylor Swift situation. Um, oh, yeah, also on the Celine Dion thing, fuck that. Like, yes, she didn't um, um, have a full moment on stage, but they did. There's photos of them in the backstage. Like, they've talked before. Y'all need to, like, stop pretending, like, whatever happens on camera is the only truth. There's so much more that go goes on behind the cameras that y'all don't know about. So stop assuming. Stop assuming. Please, please, please. Do it also for your own, like, you know, sanity. Song of the Year, this one I was so fucking spot on. I said it in my prediction that what was I made for was going to win. And they sure as hell won. And you know what? Deserved. I think it's it's well deserved. I would have won A&W to win. But I'm, I'm honestly very fine with it. Because I think this was um, a good medium between like viral song, meaningful song, it came out at a very a very specific moment in the, in in our year last year when it was like a great wave of uh, female empowerment in that sense like female led entertainment and it's also the like a great you know a great win for the Barbie movie in general I would say as well it, it's um great award and also I'm very um happy that like you know this song specifically like the meaningful song like it's a very meaningful i think also like it's from a motion picture but it's just like the artistic um excellence came through so i, I don't i don't really mind the song winning to be fair i i i do have other favorites i should have won in my opinion but i think it's a deserved award and um it's just beautiful it's a great commentary on like the female experience and it deserved, deserved to win, and I'm so glad that it was a Kickstarter for them to like then get into the new album because they were having like a bit of a, an artistic crisis before the song. Then they managed to like write the song out of nowhere, like in literally, like, one day they said, um, and ever since then they have not stopped producing songs. So I'm very excited to see what they do in their new album when Phineas and Billy, um, because they keep on like. Uh, like they keep on coming back and like hitting the nail in the head they know like how to read the the mood in, in 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 the audience so they know what the people want and they did that so yeah very happy about that best new artist victoria monet excited so happy i think i said i, I, I wanted to win so very happy about that she deserved it look whatever she does she slays so victoria monet i'm so happy for you girl um well overdue um we we've been waiting we've been waiting so congratulations girls very happy producer of the year i also predicted this one correctly jack antonov um deserved like look at the amount of um excellence that he produced the 1975 album he literally stepped off of his comfort zone i think there and made a great ass album with the 1975 and also of course ocean boulevard so bitch you cannot tell me otherwise they he did that um yeah is there anything else i want to talk about oh um well best pop soul performance was flowers again um yeah 
Well, I think. Oh, oh actually, let me see which one. The, I think. Um, was it alternative? I think. Um, Boy Genius won. Yes. Yeah. Best best rock song. They not strong enough won. Um, Slayful. And I think the. Oh, Paramore won best rock album with his why. Okay. Yes. Period. Okay. Excited about that as well. I didn't see that. <laughs> um. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Boy Genius won Best Alternative Music Album. So, um, the record by the, by Boy Genius won. So, I'm very happy about that. Sizza, she got her bag with the R&B um, accolades. She won Best R&B Song with Snooze, period, deserved. Best um, Progressive R&B Album, Slade. Um, then Victoria Monet won Best R&B Album with Jaguar 2. Yes! <laughs> I'm so happy. I cannot. But yeah, I'm I'm very happy about um the other categories. Um they were they were really good. So yeah, um another another thing I want to touch on on the Grammys was the Jay-Z uh, debacle, I think. Um he won a like it was a honorary award that he won and on in his speech he brought up um, his daughter and Beyonce was inside, like at the table, and it called it called out the Grammys for um, not not ever like nominating her for best album of the year or like no actually they did nominate but she never won um, album of the year and she's been so successful but they she they completely turned a blind a blind eye on on her and honestly true like I honestly don't have anything to say that so if people think that he was like there was time and place for that I don't care. I think he had every right to say that. I mean, I don't know if Beyonce was okay with it. I hope she was, but I mean, he had to be sad. You know what I mean? I think it's quite weird that the Grammys always award white people and never people of color. It's so fucking crazy to me. Like, what the fuck is, especially in the big, uh, in the big, um, in the big awards like Album of the Year, Song Song of the Year, all that stuff. There's rarely like black artists that win. So, and I think, like, literally, there's no excuse for that. It's just pure racism. Good old racism. So, as I said, don't get too pressed on the Grammys. They're not that shit, like, to be fair, quite frank. Don't give them that power. You know what I mean? Just enjoy the giggles and the chats, and that's it. That's it. Y'all take things too seriously. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But yeah, <clears throat> I enjoyed the performances as well. Um, loved every little bit of a performance. Siza killed it. Best performance was Siza. The medley she did was incredible. She fucking killed that shit, man. So yeah, <clears throat> here are yeah. These were my thoughts on the Grammys. Personally, I'm gonna take a little break just so I can you know space it out a bit. Oh my god, I've been recording for 51 minutes already. Shit! <laughs> this is what happens when I don't have notes. I just go off. But, yeah. Um, hopefully next year, we're going to have some great-ass music as well for next year Grammys. And we're going to have a more um, educated conversation. Please don't freak out next time, you know? And leave the girlies alone. Leave them be, you know? Yes, uh, sometimes you can get triggered, but that's Okay. If you don't like it, don't tune in. You know what I mean? Don't 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 go out of your way to just be mean, you know? Be nice, be kind, be better. <laughs> be better. 
see you in a bit and we'll we'll get into the track list of this new album that is gonna come out april 19th torture poets department by miss taylor swift yee Yep, I'm here. I'm here again. <laughs> Took me a bit more than expected to come back for the second part, but yeah, I I wasn't I was on a potty to be quite frank. I was on a potty. I was shitting. <laughs> I was I was I was struggling for real for real. So, but now I'm back. I'm back and I'm eating. I'm eating down. No, I'm actually eating for real for real, but. Since I recorded this for like so long already, I need to keep this short and sweet, even though we all know that it's not gonna happen because it's meme, but I'll try my best, I'll try my best. <clears throat> what I do wanna do now, what I do wanna do, what, what I want to do now is to just go through the um, tortured poets department. I'm literally searching the truck list right now. Um, so that, as I said, like in my, at the beginning of the episode, so she, she announced it at the Grammys and she posted basically a cover art as soon as she announced it. And then the day after she posted the, uh, track list, the full thing, um, which is very funny because as I said, like midnight was a very slow burn when it comes to releasing, um, the track list and everything else. So she built the hype like completely there, but here is like, you know, here we go. Which makes me believe even more that this is more like a, an artistic, um, motivated album in that sense. But first of all, the, the cover art. The cover art, I, I, at first I was like, I don't know what I would feel about this. Because like it, it felt like very magazine-y in that sense. Very magazine-oriented, I think. But the more I look at it, the more I'm like, actually, there's a very great cover. Let me tell you why. First of all, um, her um, face is cut off. And this happened only once before this, which was the original 1989 cover. Plus, she's she's wearing lingerie. She's, like, looking very mysterious and all that stuff. Now, cutting off your face, actually, like, it's always a way of communicating, like, some sort of, like, glamour, um, mystery, sexiness a bit. Like, there's a bit of a lure, an allure there that it's quite interesting. And as I said, like, she only used it for 1989, the original cover, and that was... I remember back in the days we were scrambling because we couldn't tell what the fuck the album was going to be about because she had one red, like she had red lip and all that and just, you know, a cut off face. So you couldn't actually tell what she was thinking or like feeling, but it felt very mysterious and very, um, in, like, you know, intriguing in that sense. So I'm so excited for that. Like that, this parallel is just killing me so bad. Plus it's black and white and usually her black and white albums are more like, in a tone, they're more like serious in that sense. They're more they deal with very serious topics, and it's it's a bit more serious on the tone in that sense. It's not like happy go lucky type of thing, but it's more like serious note, which fits with the album title, which is the Torture Poets Department. Another genius point there, because as you all know, it's a dig at um, her ex boyfriend's uh, group chat, Joe Alwyn, that he had with Paul Mescal and someone else I can't remember, but. Yeah, so definitely a dig at that. So you already know what we're going to talk about here. We're going to talk about her breakup with Joe Alwyn. She said it, she wrote a, a, the Grammy acceptance speech um, that 
she wrote it during the well two years yeah like in the past two years she's been writing this album basically so that means that this is definitely about that time where she broke up with him basically right um so i'm very excited to see what she does how she talks about it and all that so and if she touches upon like the 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 little affair she had with uh, Maddie Healy or with the new relationship that she has with uh, Travis Kelsey. I doubted it would be about that because it, like the Travis Kelsey thing is so fresh. Maybe there's there's like definitely some trace of, there, there could be some traces of, um, um, what's his face? Um, I just said it, Maddie Healy, yeah. Uh, but who knows, who knows? Um, I think also the way it's uh put out the name and everything else it does have a lot of you know the poets department bit it's like recalling a bit folklore and evermore i guess because it's like very poetry heavy and all that stuff and also it's a nod at the romantic period in, uh, in the romanticism in, in like english literature and all that stuff so he's definitely like it's, she's letting you know that it's like a tortured poets department it's about like um breakups and like romantic feelings that go nowhere basically you know what i mean so and like you know the torture of love and all that so it's it's quite it's quite a lot it's quite a lot so i'm excited to find out <clears throat> and yeah and i guess that that's the only comparison i would make actually with folklore and evermore because people are saying like it could be the third lost sister but i don't think it's that i think it's like the only like it, it seems like the tone is gonna be more serious like that those two, those albums but I think and the artistic motivation as I said is gonna be very similar to that but I think content wise and also sound wise I think it's gonna be quite different I think it's gonna be more <clears throat> I hope more like red to be fair I I I've, I don't know why I have a feeling it's gonna be more like red also because we we never had like a it's been since Red, actually, for real, for real, that we had a proper, like, breakup album. 1989 was more, like, filtered, and then we had two love uh, albums, and then Folklore and Evermore, which were basically fiction. And then we had Midnight's, which was, some people may say it's a COVID-ed uh, breakup album, but it's more, in my opinion, it's more like a indecisive album in that sense. Like, she doesn't know yet what she wants to do with this relationship, right? She's seeing the trouble and all that. She's rethinking things and all that. But it's not like a proper breakup album. This instead, to me, screams breakup album. Even the title of the, of the track. So we talked about this on my TikTok as well in a very short form version of this. But yeah, the titles are communicating a lot. <clears throat> Let's go through a track list. First of all, Fortnite featuring Post Malone. Like what the fuck? Posty and Taylor coming together for a song. I would have like I've never thought of that. I've never thought of that honestly. So I'm very excited to see how it sounds because. And that's also why I think it might be not necessarily like super synthy, of course, but it, it's got to be definitely more <clears throat> like a rad type of pop. And you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, Dan, Torture Poets Department. I mean, the, the, the title doesn't give me anything to it. Fortnite could be about literally anything, but I hope it's going to be like a good, <clears throat> like a mood check of the album, a good like... Um, like summary like point of beginning of of the album like a good saying the, the tone for the album that's all i can hope for you know then we have the torture points department a title track in that sense it's kind of she's gonna go in on the break like maybe also on the um, her ability to communicate for example breakups and all that stuff her emotions and all that so interesting stuff interesting stuff 
then we have my boy only breaks his favorite toys incredible incredible song as, uh, as soon as i uh, read the title i was like oh that has to be some sort of like cruel summer related thing a related thing because like she does say in cruel summer bad 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 boy shiny toy with the price you know that i bought it so she's the type of person like she, she's a full like a fully fledged writer and you can tell that she associates phrases and words to certain people and she repeats them in songs and that's how you know it's a little bit of a cue i guess like uh, um like to let you know that you know hey, I'm talking about this person, but no, maybe sometimes not even done intentionally in that sense, but it is a good signifier in that sense. And yeah, it is, the title is pretty self-explanatory. It's going to be about him breaking her heart. You know what I mean? Multiple times, probably even. Um, then I have my claim the track, Down Bad. This song to me is going to be everything. I, th I think personally it's going to be my favorite track. I don't know why, but it's just two two words and a title. I love that. It sounds, it sounds incredible. I also... Track fours sometimes are like good placement for like standout tracks in my opinion. So excited to find out what that is. I'm so excited. Down bad it has to be like about um like despite being hurt by this person so many times, she's still down bad for this person, you know? Like she's still unfortunately attached to this person. And girl, we can all relate to that. We can all relate to that. Now we have So Long London, the infamous track five. Track five is the most vulnerable track on the album, usually the most um emotionally uh, moving track and it's about london and it's about um departure actually from london so long london and that definitely departure from um joe alwyn basically in my opinion he has infamously the song called london boy dedicated to him in lover in lover so i'm excited to see what she does there i hope i love whenever there's a, Lo a london song from her it's just like pff, a london reference is just more than appreciated because she loves london actually so I'm excited to see what she does here. It's gonna be so sad. So, it's probably gonna be like a departure from London when she leaves London and basically leaves him. Decides to like maybe kick the bucket and go away. But so then she has to like move out of London. So I'm very excited to see that. Then there's, so yeah, for track five. Be aware of that. Um, then we have but daddy, I love him, which is. <laughs> people say on TikTok it's like a reference to the uh, Little Mermaid when, she has a discussion with her dad, the Little Mermaid, and. That is not happy that she's like trying to to lose her voice just for a band. And Scott, if anything, um, Teresa is always has always been like some sort of like forthcoming figure in her songwriting because it does seem that he knows the shit, you know. Like he also said, like, I think he, for example, in like what was it, All Too Well, or like in yeah about Jake Jill and all, he was very like forthcoming. Like he knows, he knows. Taylor should trust her dad. She. She should. She really should, because he knows. He knows what's up. So it might be like something like that. I'm excited to see like what what was his perspective on the relationship, because it does seem like that. And it's also very quintessential Taylor, I would say, like very classic Taylor Swift song. Because it evokes to me like very like early like fearless and debut type of um, like songwriting here. I'm very excited. Then fresh out of the slammer. Um, that sounds sad. That sounds depressing as fuck. So, yeah, probably it's gonna be like her reckoning, like after a breakup, how bad she's feeling and all of that. And I'm excited to see what it actually it entails. What does she mean by out of the slammer? We'll see. Now we have the most interesting title, I think. Florida three question mark. Uh, sorry, three exclamation marks with uh, Florence and a machine. First of all, 
incredible. I was waiting for this because Florence started com uh, collaborating with uh, Jack Antonov, so it was overdue at this point. Like whenever one of the girlies collaborates with Jack, sometimes she's gonna go and collaborate with Taylor as well. So definitely Conceda, <clears throat> definitely um, intrigued, and Florida three exclamation marks. To me, it seems. Like a very positive track, actually. So it probably would be one of the few ones here. But Florida also is the place, probably, wasn't it the, the first state that kicked off this, the Eras Tour? Maybe. So maybe it might be like chronologically, like when after all that, after the break and all that, she decided to go for the tour. Like when she went on tour, she was like maybe rejoiced by the idea of like being busy and like being back to the things that she loves. Maybe it will be something like that. I hope it's like something that celebrates the fans or like something or like not even necessarily the fans, but like Florida's in a symbol for freedom for her for like getting back into her business and just being the girl boss, you know, that she is. So, yeah, I'm excited. Then we have guilty as sin question mark. You know, when there's a question mark, it's a cryptic ass fucking song from Taylor. So I think here is going to be more like maybe she got to blame by blamed by him or something for being guilty for her, for the breakup of all that. Or it could also be about, about Maddie Healy here. I don't know. It could be. It could be. It could be. I'm. I'm not really. No. I'm not really. I'm not really sure. Like, what, what is this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It could be that. To be fair, guilty sin. That's a very intriguing title, honestly. But yeah, then we have the incredible slam dunk. Uh, who's afraid of little old me? That's the title track. Oh, what? Not the title track, sorry. The track title. <laughs> I'm so excited about this one because it seems more like Karma's my boyfriend, I guess, but like more like cunty or, or like bitchy, you know? I mean, I mean, or like I have the power, fuck you, bitch. Um, I'm coming for your neck, as you should. So it is very much karma oriented, I guess, in that sense, but more more than sassy like that. It's probably, I, I envision rage or something. I don't know, like destruction. <laughs> so. Yeah, then we have the most, like, the silliest title ever, I love it, I Can Fix Him, and then in brackets, uh, No Really I Can, love that, like, uh, so, so, so funny, and I've been, like, we've we all been there, so she, she's so funny for that, maybe she's, like, rethinking about it, and she's like, um, maybe I can back, get back with him, like, I can fix him, all that, um, interesting, 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 interesting. And then it's even funnier because it goes into like L-O-M-A-M-L, which is like love of my life, I guess. So she goes from, I can fix him, I really can. And then like the love of my life. But I don't know if it's necessarily related to the same uh, person in, the, in that sense. They're dedicated to the same um, Joe Alwyn of it all. Maybe love of my life could actually be about Tra Travis. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because like, I don't know. Could be. As I said, like, I don't think she's going to go into that personally. But Yeah. Then we have, I can do it with a broken heart. That definitely sounds depressing as fuck, personally. Like, that sounds depressing. Depression. Um, so probably she's still heartbroken and she's still going to go ahead. Like, she, maybe during the tour, there were some moments where she was, like, truly heartbroken. You could tell her, like, you could tell that she was, like, not feeling it. But she was still going to go ahead, you know? She was still going to perform for us. And maybe it's something about that. It could be. could be about that. Then we have the smallest man who ever lived. This is the... Uh, this is like the declaration of war, basically. This is like coming for his neck. I love when like, like the smallest man who ever lived. Like, 
straight men hate being like um belittled in that sense or like whenever you put into question their like size or like their height or like their dimensions and all that stuff or like you try to like um basically attack their um macho image or all that stuff you call them small you call them little that's when it, it's real like that's when they get triggered the most and i love that i love a girl going for their neck like going to you know enrage man that's all i could ask for so i'm very excited to see where this is gonna go it's probably gonna end joe alwyn so he better watch out he better watch out um yeah then we have the alchemy this is interesting i've seen some t theories on t tiktok saying that this song could be like you know how alchemy was supposed to be like the science that like or like the doctrine to change basically a certain metal to gold but it failed and then that's how the whole doctrine started and taylor swift uh does like one of the symbols that she relates to joe alwyn in her songs is always gold like in the relationships she sees like she sees uh him as a as gold basically like the, that's the color she associates with uh, to him in that sense so um so yeah maybe it's like there were some people were saying like maybe it's like you know she failed to like you know turn this thing into like gold but you know maybe it could be that it could be interesting maybe if it's if it's that i'll, I'll be on for now that's like a good a, a nice metaphor honestly i would i would be on for now honestly um and then she ends the album with clara bow clara bow for y'all who don't know is <clears throat> basically she was the it girl in the 1920s she was um a silent she's a, a, an actress well in the 1920s all movies were silent so she she was a silent actress in that sense and she then had to move into the new as soon as like sound was like recording all that stuff like invented like movies with sounds and all that stuff she transitioned to that and she was the it girl. She was the original it girl in the American culture. So she, but she also dealt with a lot of like mental health issues, and you know, there's a lot of that. And her like building this huge legacy and like being this very successful woman and being able to like adapt to changes and all that stuff. So I, I can see how it can relate to Taylor. And I'm thinking that it might be like a celebration of her like legacy and her um, commitment to the art and to like never bow down you know and to being the it girl maybe even who knows I, I would be down for that and it's interesting that she ends it with this because it's good I, I actually like it that she ends a breakup album with like instead something that it's an end chapter like uh about herself you know like it's focused on, on herself and like throughout all this breakup I'm, I'm i'm still producing art i'm still very um you know committed to this whole thing and I'm, i would never stop in that sense you know what i mean like and i'm successful about it and all that stuff so like she's probably still gonna celebrate her legacy in that something in, in this one i think probably i hope so and then yeah we have the the well not the bold track sorry the bonus track the manuscript um an interesting title i'm thinking as soon as i read this like dear reader i don't know but also maybe like a set of rules or something the manuscript or like a um a gospel you know like a uh, the, the bible <laughs> like maybe it's like her rules to like um to be fair it could be about anything or like the manuscript could also be like um her song about her, her songwriting skills or something i'm not really sure to be fair this one is like very vague so i don't know what it's gonna be about but yeah like this is like incredible stuff so i'm excited sound wise i don't think it, uh, as i said i think it's gonna be very um 
I hope it's gonna be very experimental, like different genres and all that stuff. I'm hoping that she doesn't only collaborate with Jack Antonoff. I hope she branches out a bit. I think I don't know. I don't know where I read it, but she might be going back also to the person who she collaborated with on Lover a bit with the pop songs there. So I'm excited to see what what comes out of it. The tone definitely seems more like a, you know, tortured, of course, like very slow, like um, sad and all that. But it doesn't mean we can get we cannot get good bangers out of it. So, yeah. So that I'm I'm excited. I'm very very excited. This seems like a very nice change of pace. It seems like she, as I said, like Midnight's was the commercial thing to like get people hyped for the for the for the concert, and then she um, let it all out. You know, like after that, now she's like settled on tour and all that stuff. She can now give us the proper album that's been in works for quite a while like a well thought out album with a message and a theme and a very uh, intentional album that's why i'm like very excited about this one i don't want to get my hopes up too high you know what i mean uh but i'm confident that it's going to be a very good album i'm very confident about this um I, I i can see the vision i can see where she's going with this i'm very very excited so and the titles i said like it's probably the best track list she's given to us in a very long time there's so many interesting uh, title titles here. It's just very good. And all, honestly, like given the, the collaborations, they seem not forced at all, in my opinion. Like they seem, even Post Malone, it seems that to me they would make sense, actually. So yeah, I want to see what this is all about. I need to see. I need to know. I need to know. I'm very excited. Oh, I cannot believe it. I'm sorry that she's in this very like productive space where she keeps on producing art and continuing to do that. I don't care. Like, the girl loves what she's doing and she am more than happy to receive you know people may get mad because she's overexposed and all that but couldn't care less i mean marketing wise she's gonna have to like do something about it i think but she will because she she knows what what she's doing so she will eventually like reply to this uh sort of backlash that she's been receiving but music wise i'm seated i'm i've always been seated and i will always will be so yeah but that comes to an end you know i'm happy that you guys listen to this episode and I hope you guys have um a very nice week ahead of you um i hope you guys celebrate valentine's day and if you're not that's more than a-okay i'm not here celebrating valentine's so but you know you can always celebrate galentine's go with your friends out have fun enjoy yourselves and yeah just stay strong stay strong you're gonna slay slay anyways see you next week for the next episode and Stay tuned for more and follow me everywhere. Come on, follow me, please.